Okay, I'll say, if you would like, please repeat. Nakari chin mat para shantarupe. Nangshanti no me nimisho lady heitihi. Yesham mahampriya atma sutascha. Saka guru surido daivam ishtam. And now the synonyms. Na, not, karhichit, ever, matpara, my devotees. Shantarupe, O Mother, Nangshanti, will lose, no, not, me, my, animisha, time, Lady destroys, Haiti, a weapon, yesham, of whom, ahum, I, priya, dear, atma, self, Sutta, son, cha, and saka, friend, guru, preceptor, suridha, benefactor, daivam, deity, ishtam, chosen. In the translation, the Lord continued, this is Kapiladev speaking to Devahuti, my dear mother, devotees who receive such transcendental opulences are never bereft of them. Neither weapons nor the change of time can destroy such opulences because the devotees accept me as their friend, their relative, their son, preceptor, benefactor, and supreme deity. They cannot be deprived of any of their possessions at any time. Let's say it together. The Lord continued, my dear mother, Devotees who receive such transcendental opulences are never bereft of them. Neither weapons nor the change of time can destroy such opulences. Because the devotees accept me as their friend, their relative, their son, preceptor, benefactor, and supreme deity, they cannot be deprived of their possessions at any time. Purport. It is stated in Bhagavad Gita, that one may elevate himself to the higher planetary systems, but even up to Brahmaloka by dint, even up to Brahmaloka by dint of pious activities. But when the effects of such pious activities are finished, one come, one again comes back to this earth to begin a new life of activities. Thus, even though one is promoted to the higher planetary system for enjoyment and a long duration of life. Still, that is not a permanent settlement. But as far as the devotees are concerned, their assets, the achievement of devotional service, and the consequent opulence of Vaikuntha, even on this planet, are never destroyed. In this, Krish, in this verse, Kapiladev addresses his mother as Shantarupa, indicating that the opulences of devotees are fixed because devotees are eternally fixed in the Vaikuntha atmosphere which is called Shantarupa, because it is in the mode of pure goodness, undisturbed by the modes of passion and ignorance. Once one is fixed in the devotional service of the Lord, his position of transcendental service cannot be destroyed, and the pleasure and service simply increase unlimitedly. For the devotees engaged in Krishna consciousness in the Vaikuntha atmosphere, there is no influence of time, 
In the material world, the influence of time destroys everything. But in the Vaikuntha atmosphere, there is no influence of time or of the demigods because there are no demigods in the Vaikuntha planets. Here, our activities are controlled by different demigods. Even if we move our hand and leg, the action is controlled by the demigods. But in the Vaikuntha atmosphere, there is no influence of the demigods or of time. Therefore, there is no question of destruction. When the time element is present, there is the certainty of destruction. But when there is no time element, past, present, and future, then everything is eternal. Therefore, this verse uses the word na nakshanti, indicating that the transcendental opulences will never be destroyed. Nangshanti, I meant to say. The reason for freedom from destruction is also described. The devotees accept the Supreme Lord as the most dear personality and reciprocate with him in different relationships. They accept the Supreme Personality of Godhead as the dearmost friend, the dearmost relative, the dearmost son, the dearmost preceptor, the dearmost well-wisher, or the dearmost deity. The Lord is eternal. Therefore, any relationship in which we accept him is also eternal. It is clearly confirmed herein that the relationships cannot be destroyed, and therefore the opulences of those relationships are never destroyed. Every living entity has the propensity to love someone. We can see that if someone has no object of love, he generally directs his love to a pet animal like a cat or a dog. Thus, the eternal propensity for love is in all living entities. Thus, the eternal propensity for love in all living entities is always searching for a place to reside. I'll repeat that. I love it. Thus, the eternal propensity for love in all living entities is always searching for a place to reside. From this verse, we can learn that we can love the Supreme Personality of Godhead as our dear most object, as a friend, as a son, as a preceptor, or as a well-wisher. And there will be no cheating and no end to such love. We shall eternally enjoy the relationship with the Supreme Lord in different aspects. A special feature of this verse is the acceptance of the Supreme Lord as the Supreme Preceptor. Bhagavad Gita was spoken directly by the Supreme Lord and Arjuna accepted Krishna as Guru or Supreme Ma or Spiritual Master. Similarly, we should accept only Krishna as the Supreme Spiritual Master. Krishna, of course, means Krishna and his confidential devotees. Krishna is not alone. When we speak of Krishna, Krishna means Krishna in his name in his form, in his qualities, in his abode, and in his associates. Krishna is never alone, for the devotees of Krishna are not impersonalists. For example, a king is always associated with his secretary, his commander, his servant, and so much paraphernalia. As soon as we accept Krishna and his associates as our preceptors, no ill effects can destroy our knowledge. In the material world, the knowledge which we acquire may change because of the influence of time. But nevertheless, the conclusions received from Bhagavad Gita directly from the speeches of the Supreme Lord Krishna can never change. There is no use interpreting Bhagavad Gita. It is eternal. Krishna, the Supreme Lord, should be accepted as one's best friend. He will never cheat. He will always give his friendly advice and friendly protection to the devotee. If Krishna is accepted as a son, he will never die. Here we have a very loving son or child 
But the father and mother or those who are affectionate towards him always hope, may my son not die. But Krishna actually never will die. Therefore, those who accept Krishna or the Supreme Lord as their son will never be bereft of their son. In many instances, devotees have accepted the deity as a son. In Bengal, there are many such instances. And even after the death of the devotee, the deity performs the Shraddha ceremony for the father. The relationship is never destroyed. People are accustomed to worship different forms of demigods, but in the Bhagavad Gita, such a mentality is condemned. Therefore, one should be intelligent enough to worship only the Supreme Personality of Godhead in his different forms, such as Lakshmi Narayan, Sitaram, and Radha Krishna. Thus, one will never be cheated. By worshiping the demigods, one may elevate himself to the higher planets, but during the dissolution of the material world, the deity and the abode of the deity will be destroyed. But one who worships the Supreme Personality of Godhead is promoted to the Vaikuntha planets, where there is no influence of time, destruction, or annihilation. The conclusion is that the time influence cannot act upon devotees who have accepted the Supreme Personality of Godhead as everything. And now we're back to the Srimad Bhagavatam verse from today, 3.25.38, a verse quoted by Srila Rupa Goswami in the Bhaktivar Samrita Sindhu. May I have the book, please, the book version? So first, Prabhupada mentions in his purport that no matter what we attain in the material world, either by hard work or by some kind of yajna, that is karmakanda, which is known as elevationism, there's a sense that if I know the rules of the material world and I just follow them properly, then I can stay in a good situation here in the material world. And there's this constant endeavor to do that. And then, of course, people who don't understand how the subtle laws of material nature work, work hard for cold, hard cash, because they figure if they have enough of that, then they can afford the luxuries of life, including health care. And... Uh, legal defense when they get sued, which is, an which is an inevitability if you have assets. And they feel that they could have time off. But generally that doesn't happen anyway, because you'll find that people with billions of dollars, and you may meet them, say, how are you doing? It's like, I'm managing five businesses. Yes, but you're you know, in advanced old age now. Because I, I can't give it up. It becomes an addiction to constantly get more. And there's no point at which one feels satisfied, atman yevatmanatushta, a satisfaction in just being who you are, which is a spiritual soul in service to Krishna. So that path doesn't work. And the path of elevationism through karmakanda doesn't work either, because as we heard from King, in the story of King Nriga, although he was the most expert karmakandi, and had the wherewithal to give away in charity billions of cows with golden ornaments and they were fatty milk bags. They were 
perfect cows. He made a little mistake, and then he had to be demoted to the, the body of a lizard, which isn't very nice. It was nice that Krishna pulled him out of the well on the behest of his grandchildren, and then he explained what happened to him. And Krishna explains in summary in the Bhagavad Gita, Shinye Punye Martya Lokam Vishanti, that there's a way in which, although you may accumulate frequent fire miles, the status eventually will run out. Somehow there'll be a pandemic and you can't fly, and then they'll say, Sorry, we don't know you anymore. Where have you been? You're nothing to us now. And the material nature has that kind of mantra also. You're nothing to me now. Never were, actually, but you had a little status for a while, which uh, tends to degrade over time. And then those who go to the higher situations in the material world eventually fall down. And there's always some way in which there can be an aberration in the mantras, in one's practice, and the material nature is dangerous place to hang around and try to make an adjustment. So we lose whatever we have here in the material world, is the first thing Prabhupada points out. And then he points out that if we transfer the ambition we have to, for happiness, for relationship, for love to Krishna, then we'll never be disappointed. So that's the essence of this verse. And we never lose that. It's eternal. Krishna says, Neha bikramanashosti pratyavayo navidyate svalpamapyasidharmasya trayate mahato bayad. You don't lose by giving to Krishna. When you surrender to Krishna even a little bit, that's permanent asset. That's a permanent asset. And even if you don't make it to the full to the to the goal in in one lifetime. Krishna explains in the Bhagavad Gita that you'll be given facility, perfectly aligned in your next life to take up where you left off. And of course, along the way, we also have free will because that's the gift of the Supreme Lord, the living entity, that we always have the choice of whether we want to take it or not take it. However, hearing this, I wrote the verse down and carried it around with me because I appreciated so much the, the insight given to us by Lord Kapiladev that is uh, simple but very informing of how we should invest our time and energy, who, to whom we should give our emotion, the emotion of love and service, and that's uh, to Krishna. Otherwise, we'll be disappointed. And when we give it to Krishna, even if imperfectly, Krishna will take the good and leave behind the bad. Apichet sudracharo bhajate mamananya bhak. Sadhureva samantavya samyag vyavasitohi sa. He says in the Bhagavad Gita, if someone has this determination to give his or her heart to me, then even if there's a mistake and the person digresses into worldliness again and loses the, the his, his or her train of thought. And Krishna says, oh, that person's intention is correct. And therefore, sadhur eva samantavya. It's certain you should consider this person a sadhu. It's so important, the, the intention. And therefore, it's 
important to cultivate this throughout one's life, to come to this uh, strong and clear resolution that I only benefit by giving to Krishna and by doing devotional service. Everything else is maintenance of the situation that I've already created for myself, which is also known as making the best use of a bad bargain. When you get ripped off or you make a big mistake and don't freak out, just pick yourself back up again and do the best you can with what you have right now. In the case of devotional service, Supada mulam bhajata priyasya tyaktanya bhavasya hare priyeshaha vikarma yachot patitam katanchid tunoti sarvam hridisani vishtaha. Srimad Bhagavatam says if you're on the path of devotional service and you blow it, then keep going. Because Krishna is there within the, in your heart, and He understands your intention, and He'll rectify everything because he's the only one who can rectify everything. We can't, he can. In Gyan, Path of Gyan, people simply want to give up the material world. There's no sense of service at all. It's just get me out of this thing. Get this stuff off me. And there's no hint of I want to do any service. The Karmis, Path of Karma, is all about me, 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 and trying to gather the energy around oneself and, and not knowing who oneself is. That's the problem. And bhakti is perfectly placed. It means our intention and our endeavors are perfectly placed in service because we're part and parcel of Krishna. And just like a tiny screw, when it falls from a machine, and it becomes insignificant. If you find it on the, the ground at Market and Powell, a little screw rolled into a crack, and you can see it there, it's as forlorn and useless as those we see on the street as human beings who have lost their sense of purpose, and they're simply loitering, and there's lots of them there. They don't have any sense. What to speak of all the people hustling from one place to the next to try to gather some goods manufactured in Bangladesh and put them in a bag manufactured in Mexico. They'll be used for a couple of days and then tossed and recycled, put it on a boat back to Bangladesh <laughs> to be used by people <laughs> who made it in the first place. Uh, it, it becomes a, a farce. The whole society becomes a farce because it's disconnected, disconnected as much as the little screw. But if that screw can be reconnected to the machine for which it was made, in which it was serving a purpose, then it becomes a mighty screw, becomes a heroic little screw. It's like, little screw, how are you doing all this? You're so great. You're holding this whole thing together. You're making it work. You're part of the whole. And while you're connected to the whole, you're glorious. You could sing a song about it. You know, you could have a victory song about the little screw in the machine. But when it falls out, then it's just 
useless. And it's kind of so out of place that we consider it to be a kind of annoyance to, to our purview. When we see it, it's like, oh, that shouldn't be there. And however, when we have this vision that we're like that, when we're disconnected from devotional service, and then we can see the screw and connect it. So this first gives us uh, impetus to become greedy for devotional service. Just as a, a, a business person is ambition, ambitious and works hard all day long to try to get more wealth, to win in the margins, every little percentage counts is calculating it, looking at statistical analysis. How much, how much am I going to earn in 20 years if I get an extra 0.4% return on my investment? And where's the best place right now to invest? And that uh, business person is always trying to get more. There's no point at which he or she, you know, thinks like I have enough. So we're at being asked to transfer that same kind of ambition to devotional service. It's okay. Don't you, we're not ganies. We're not, okay, just let go of it. No, it's a matter of transference. We transfer that same ambition, but get it right this time, sir. You're way off. You're, you're off by a whole uh, 180 degrees. That's a lot. And... If you just uh, learn this trick, then we can see the, the simplest of people like children who get it and they invest in devotional service. They might not have fully realized it, but everyone thinks, yes, that's very good. But the person who comes to maturity, and that could be at any age, and, and has this conviction that the right thing to do is to serve Krishna and to give my energy to Krishna and love. And that all other things are important, but they fall into place and are relatively important only in relationship to my main goal in life, which is to serve Krishna and to organize all the other ways in which I have to take care of myself and my family and my bank balance and my education in relationship with what serves my ultimate cause and purpose in life, which is to give my heart to Krishna and give my service to Krishna. We'll never regret it, ever. When uh, Rajendra Nandana Prabhu was just uh, getting ready to step out, which he did quite quickly and gloriously, uh, he was really preparing for it. Of course, we don't know when it's going to come, so when his wife asked him or they were having a discussion about uh, the situation, uh, Raj said, don't waste time. I saw he wasn't wasting any time. Whenever I saw him in the, in the Dom, he always had his next service lined up. He was always moving from one to the next. He didn't have time for other things. It was all related to his service and to hearing and chanting, and he put his heart and soul into it. If any of you were there for the Guru Puja he led when we were in Jagannath Puri, everybody and the whole um, yatra almost started crying because of the way Raj was singing that. And uh, he, you know, he put his heart and soul into it. So 
when he left, even though he, he had so much momentum, he said, don't waste time. You know, he was realizing himself, I could have done better. And um, so <clears throat> we can take this and transfer by degrees over into this slot that uh, the most important aspect of my life is my devotional service and I should be making investments. And I was referring actually to a verse from the Puranas in which a person uh, compares the devotee to the miser. The miser counts and recounts his coins. He's always going on and checking his bank balance and seeing uh, how much did I earn today? How, much, how many do I have? In fact, someone told me that his grandfather was so absorbed in his money that on the way to the hospital because he was having a heart attack, he stopped at his brokerage to check his balances to see how much he still had because that becomes the, the identity of a person who works so hard for it. So in a similar way, the devotee's identity is invested in his or her practice of devotional service. How much have I been able to advance my practice of devotional service and how much am I invested in it? That's, uh, that's intelligence, Om Tat Sat. And now let's take a few reflections or questions. Hare Krishna. I like the point uh, that uh, if we transfer our ambition for happiness uh, to, to, for surrendering to Krishna, so it will become our eternal asset. It's yeah. Let's look up the word ambition from the research department. Ambi, it's got ambi in it, like ambidextrous. Means you're expert with both hands, I think ambi means two, ambitious. Can we have microphone in the research department, please? Unless we're running out of them. Here, here it comes. Mid 14th century, eager or inordinate desire for honor or preferment. From old French. For honor or what? Perf preferment. I didn't get that. Preferment. We lose 33% through the mask, so. It's a proven fact. Preferment. Preferment. From Old French, or directly from Latin, ambitionum, a going around, especially to solicit votes, hence a striving for favor, courting, flattery, a desire for honor, thirst for popularity. So we transfer that propensity to wanting to glorify Krishna, wanting it all, instead of coming to, to my so-called self, this body and mind, I, I have, when I'm able to transfer that desire for fame and glorification, it's like, no, glorify Krishna. He's the soul of my soul. In fact, yesterday we just heard how Prabhupada said that the only reason I'm attracted, one's attracted to the body, is because the soul's in it. And the only reason that we like ourself is because we're part of Krishna. We're attracted to ourself. We're attracted to the body because we're in it. As soon as we, the, somebody leaves the body, we leave the body. It's like, ew, I don't like it anymore. Uh, and, and so how much so will, will we be attracted to Krishna? Do you have more from the etymological dictionary, Ambi, what it means? Etymaline, online. The etymological dictionary online. I'm sure. Ambi. 
But what's Ambi? Can't you click on Ambi? Yes. Ambi is around. Around? Mm -hmm. So how does that relate? Means also what? Both. Like ambidextrous. And it also means around. Do you have anything more? Uh, Ambi is around and Ishan is coming from I-R-E, which means go. So go? Ishan means go around. Go around. Mm -hmm. It means you're going around to try to get everything. <laughs> we used to do a play for the Sunday program where this person was given the opportunity that could have as much land as he could circumambulate in one day. And so he sets off and he starts running, and he, but he had to be back by sunset. And he was running and running wider and wider and wider because I got to get all this. And he, and he goes so wide that he runs himself to death, basically, and doesn't make it back because he can't stop widening his circumference, you know, to get more. However, uh, in devotional service, if you do this, it's okay. That's the point. And that's the difference to why I brought up the Gyan Marg. Karma Marg means you're... you're you know, when somebody's, you're playing a game, like, where is it? And the person's looking at you going, cold, colder, 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 colder. And he's like, okay, warmer, warmer, warmer. <laughs> Have you ever played that? <laughs> yeah, so Krishna's trying to help us out. It's like, I'm, I'm ambitious. I'm going for it. I know how to organize things. There are people really expert at organizing. They have all the principles down, but you're going cold, 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 going the wrong direction. <laughs> it's like, let me look in here. It's like, Really cold, ice cold. <laughs> and then when you start moving towards this idea of universality, it's like a little warmer, a little warmer. It's like, no, I just love my family. No, no, I, I love my whole town. It's like a little warmer, a little warmer. I like, I like the whole, I like the whole world, everybody in it. Like, a little warmer, a little warmer. It's like all living entities. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of getting warm. It's like, what's the source of all living? Yeah, yeah, you're getting really warm. So we have to, you know, come to this triangulation where we find out what our real interest is. And no, nobody knows. They really don't know because they're in ignorance. It's, it's a disease. Yes, Prabhu. So it's um, Middle English, ambition, ambition. borrowed from Anglo-French and Latin. And uh, so ambition, borrowed from Latin, uh, is act of soliciting for votes, running for a public office, striving after popularity, desire for advancement. From ambire, to encircle, visit in rotation, solicit political support, and seek to obtain and then shun is the prefix. It gives a, a nice image of what ambition means, right? Like, you're really into it. You're moving around. You're going everywhere, knocking every door. Hi, I'm, I'm running for office. I'd like, I'd like to count on your vote. Or selling cars. You know, Bob, what's it going to take to get you into a Chevrolet today? Uh, you know, you're moving everywhere. You gotta, you're covering everything. You got all your cards in order and everything like that. But you're cold. You're doing for the wrong reasons. So move it into the right category. Be like that. It's okay. We're not ganies. We're not saying it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing anything because I don't want to get that stuff on me anymore. We're, we're doing it for service instead. I'll do it to serve Krishna. Then it feels right. Then that natural tendency of the soul to be ambitious, to go everywhere, 
Even Krishna says it. It's related, not etymologically exactly, but the idea is related to uh, pari, to go around, parikrama, to step around everywhere. So in narupa masyeha tatopalabhyate nanto nachadir nachasam pratishta ashvatam enam suvaruda mulam asanga shastrena jardhena chitva. So we get that far in the verse, and Krishna's saying, you really took a, a wrong turn. He went 180 degrees the wrong way. Hint, cut that part down. Stop it. Now, he says, tatakparam tat parimargitavyam. Parimargitavyam means get on the right path and really go for it. Pari. Uh, you, can, you can move on this. You cover, cover all the space with all, all your might. You can put your ambition into that. Why? Tatakparam tat parimargitavyam. Yasmin gatana nirvartanti buya tame vachadyam purusham prapadye yatak praviti prashita parani because there is a destination to reach where you'll be completely satisfied and that is the source of everything which is a person it's Krishna and everything comes from him so now if you just turn the parikram a little further uh, around the other way and go that way cut cut down your losses which means don't invest yourself emotionally in the material world. Yes, you're in it. You have to deal with it. But through the weapon of detachment, it's like be able to walk away from things. I was thinking about that on our last trip because getting, to, getting ready to go for a small trip is not so hard, although getting out of one's so-called comfort zone is always a little onerous. But then a longer trip, the longer it goes, like three weeks was our last trip, and then you have to think about, you know, what I'm going to take with me. What should I leave? Do I want to carry all this stuff? Do I actually need this or that? And we also have to consider what we're going to take with us when we leave. And I was thinking the other day that the verse, Yam yam vapi smaran bhavam tajat yante kalevaram tam tami vaiti konteya sadatatab. That's the time when the cab comes for you. You know, you know what I mean? The Uber. The Uber's there. So you got five minutes. If you're driving somewhere, it's like, oh, I'll go an hour later. You know, what's the, what's the difference? But if the Uber's coming and you got to get in, and then boarding time is at 1045, you have to be there, then it's a big deal. It's like, a, do I need that extra pair of socks or not? <laughs> you really have to, there's a cutoff point in thinking. So there's a time that Uber's going to come. And then, you know, all the stuff that, unless you've considered it, what am I taking with me when I go, then it's inevitable that you'll be over-encumbered. Encumbered is enough. You'll be encumbered by various uh, superfluous items. So there's only two, there, to, to make it really simple, yang yang vapi smaran bhavam. So Krishna's saying, when you leave this particular body you're in now, you're going to have a bhava, which means a set of attachments. That's what you're going to have. Now, are those attachments, and there's a spectrum. On this side of the spectrum, you've got attachment to material things. They're temporary. We just heard about that. And then the other side is attachment to Krishna. We heard that about in Queen Kunti's prayers. Twai me nanya vishaya madu madu patetas. Matir madu patesakrit. Let my, all my attachment go that way towards Krishna. So you got the spectrum. What's it going to be? And 
now is the time to cultivate because when we have to step out of the body, then Krishna says, wherever that attachment is, wherever your bhava is, wherever it carries you, that's going to carry you forward. So you're determining your own future. So be, be an adult, be a mature person, an intelligent person, and transfer now. Get ready for it now. It's the, it's the big traverse when we leave this particular body. We have to get ready for it. Yes. Hare Krishna. I was uh, really able to connect with your the point of screw, the screw being um, not attached, not connected back to the machine. I was remembering yesterday's experience at the Thanksgiving um, prashadam distribution. Uh, thanks to Shamlangi Mataji and uh, Ansapriya for all the arrangements they have made. I met so many homeless people yesterday. Uh, many of them almost carrying trash, like they had big strollers or some kind of machinery where they were carrying things, almost garbage, uh, like, you know, bags and bags of garbage they were carrying. And they they came to us uh, asking for food and many of them took multiple plates. They asked us if they can come back again. And I was just thinking about all of these people that, you know, how unfortunate they are that they are just thinking about just the next meal and how do I get the next meal and how much over collection I can do when I'm getting this one box of meal and everybody had almost like a McDonald's box with them or a Burger King box and I was thinking what have they been eating all this while and where their life is headed and when we tell them about anything Krishna consciousness they were like they would just slightly slip the book just next to where we are sitting, they won't even take the book. And it is such an unfortunate situation, I was thinking. But at the same time, I was feeling happy that we they at least had prashadam, kukpai, devotees like Hansapriya and her team. And I was like thankful that they, they would at least say Hare Krishna. Somebody would just come and tell, oh, oh yeah, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, I know everything about you folks. Thank you for doing this that kind of thing and they were trying to connect but the connection was not happening but at least I thought there is some seed which has uh, gone in for the screw to connect back to the machinery so I was thankful for the festival yesterday and all the devotees I concur I'd expand it to all the people we met lots of people on the spectrum of poor to rich and so forth and and it is striking to see from the community we come from and the culture that, that we have, the daily disciplines that we have and the realizations that, that we may be getting from practicing devotional service to how we're worlds apart oftentimes from others who don't have that perspective or the context that we have. and. That's always interesting to note how far away people are. You know, the, the, it's it's hard for them to understand it. Unless yesham tonta katam papam jananam punyakarmanam te dvanva mohanir mukta bhajantimam dridavrta. Until somebody comes to a higher standard of life, they can't understand anything. Partivad darano dumas tasmaragnis trayimayaha tamasastudar just tasmat tasmat. Yad sattvam yad brahmadarshanam, unless one's any, somewhere close to sattva, 
it's very difficult for them to envision the idea of the difference between the body and the self. And I was also, uh, I saw you behind the prashadam table, serving up prashadam, and was appreciating, as I was walking away, one of the uh, security guards who couldn't leave his post was standing up in front of the bank, and he's like, excuse me, can I get some of that? And I was like, yeah, come on over. And he goes, I can't leave. I got to stay here. So I brought him a, a plate, and I was just feeling the, the plate. It was hot. Prashadam, and you put so much on the plate, too. It was like overflowing. And when I handed it to him, uh, you know, it was like, can I give something for this? Can I give a donation? Uh, uh, there, there's a, a, a real power in the assets we have to offer from Lord Chaitanya's movement, like the Prasadam. And I was thinking as I walked away how, uh, you know, and some other security guards and a cop saw me give the guy some prasadam. And I said, no, you can give a donation if you want. And he said, okay, right after I take this, I'll give something. And then um, the other people were kind of giving a thumbs up, like, yeah, way to go. You guys are doing good. <laughs> and the, the Sankirtan movement is all good. When you go up the street, you find the devotees chanting and people walk through that canyon. It's a canyon-like arrangement there a little bit stark you know but the, the sound bounces off everywhere and then we saw the huge pile big stacks of books hundreds of cases of books and everywhere everyone carrying these around and i was considering the the damage done to the material energy on that day and relishing it it's like being in the military when you make an offensive and then you assess the damage you've done to the enemy the next day. It's like, all right, we, we blew out a whole section of the town. <laughs> you know, it's gone. So uh, it's considerable. And those assets are permanent also. Although they may start at a very low level, as you pointed out, they'll say something, appreciate something, and, and that's permanent. It applies to this verse also, just like Neha Bikramanasho Sti, Swalpam Apyasya, a little bit of advancement. You never lose it, it's eternal. So it's very satisfying when you're giving it out also. If it's just giving food out to feed the hungry, I've had this realization about the birds. My father gave me a bird feeder for some reason before he left the world. And I kept it for many years, thinking, what am I going to do with this? And then I finally started buying bird seeds and filling it up. But then we travel so much, I'd put it up there, and the birds are like, yay, thanks. Actually, that's my point. They didn't say thanks. They just ate it, and, it, and a bunch of my garden, too, um, while they were hanging out, waiting to eat more there. But the main point, I love the birds, don't get me wrong. But, but my point is this, that they, they really didn't know where it came from. They had no idea that somebody was filling it up and that I went to a little bit of expense and trouble to put it up there away from the cats and stuff like that. And similarly, most people have no idea where their maintenance is coming from, where anything's coming from, no idea whatsoever. So coming into this uh, perspective of getting gifts from the Supreme Personality of Godhead and how they're permanent, this is the great wealth of life. Okay, a couple more. San Diego competition. <laughs> I was uh, I was appreciating how 
we read the teachings of Kling Kunti, and there was a prayer that popped up that I looked at as soon as we finished. It's the uh, the prayer where she says, now let my attention be drawn to you just as the Ganges is drawn to the ocean. And so I looked previous to that, she recites the verse, now cut my kinsman, the attachment to my kinsman. And the purport with allow my attention to be drawn to you like the Ganges, Prabhupada draws the same connection of um, that one can't just give up attachment, one just can't give up the feelings that is innate within ourselves. It has to be directed towards something. And so I was appreciating how we read that, and then this class was about that, and uh, how there's a positive alternative, that spiritual life isn't just the negation of things, but there has to be a positive engagement in order to give satisfaction to the heart. Yes. And when you're when you uh, when you associate with people who ha- who know that principle, that kind of greed for devotional service rubs off. You see their daily activities, and there's a tendency of the mind to want to cheat and think, "Well, I'll get it somewhere else for free." But when you're around people who are actually getting it, because, for instance, they're chanting japa with alacrity, and they're disciplined about it then it's natural when you see somebody else getting something, just like any living entity, they see somebody else get some benefit, and they're going like, hey, where'd you get that? Can I have some of that? You gonna eat that? (laughs) That they want it too. And so when we get around people who have that greed already, and then we start to feel like, wow, that's the right thing. I should be greedy for that too. That's why we stay in association with devotees. Because when we're in the association of those who know that their real benefit in life is to try to give as much to Krishna as possible before the bell rings, then we also start to develop that kind of um, mission in our life and organize around it. And the more we adjust our lives in that way, the happier we become. We can test it out for ourselves and notice the the one-to-one correlation. The more I give to Krishna, the happier I become. Who would have thought? I thought it was the opposite. The more I took from God and kept for myself, the happier I become. But that causes misery. And it's a yehi sam sparshaja boga, dukha yonaya evate, adhyanta vanta kontaya, nate shuramate buddha. Because it, it's all temporary assets, Krishna says. Adyantavanta has a beginning and an end. So you may take it, but it's going to rot on the vine. It's going to rot inside your, inside your cellar, and you won't be able to enjoy it anyway. And so if one understands that if I take a temporary uh, substance and then I turn it into great wealth, you know, I only have a certain amount of time to hold it, but then I transfer it uh, and I get eternal benefit out of it. That's called intelligence. So uh, Bhagavatam says, Labbam sadulabam idam bahusam bhavante manusham artadam anityam apihadhira. So is anityam, all the assets we have are anityam. They're going to, they have a sh- shelf life, it's going to wear out. And, and it, you'll be holding nothing. They're like, oh, it's spoiled. It's like, throw it out. And now we waited too long. It's no good anymore. So between the time that it's still good and it's going to expire, if you use it properly, the verse says, then you're the smartest person. 
And you have to be really sober to do that, adhira. You have to be really intelligent and, f and fixed on what's the goal of life and how to use these things. Yes. Oh, Danavari, sorry. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you. So when you said when you give for something for Krishna, our joy increases so much. So I want to share something quickly. Like Pauni Bhakti Mataji said, we did uh, three, four Matajis. We went to, we went for book distribution in the area that nobody I mean, uh, nobody has ever gone. We went to, we went by trolley. And uh, anyway, so we, uh, we went, we ended up in the area where, like Pauni Bhakti Mataji said, there, there were people, you know, carrying garbage and, and the police were there. We were in the bar like you, because you have your example, we went to barbershop and every shop, you know, in the bar too. And we distributed books and then other, but the, Main thing um, stuck me when um, we were trying to give the books to uh, police, and uh, we were there, and we didn't know that the the he had uh, uh, somebody with the handcuff in the car, and he was trying to let that person go out, like uh, like uh, not uh, you know let him go. So we were. We gave the book as soon as he unscrewed the handcuff, and then we he <laughs> <laughs> gave book to police and the the person who were who was in handcuff, and he they both were thanking, and we asked for something, and he he gave uh, uh, you know police says I don't have anything right now, and we were scared that he'll get mad at us or something, but he said I my wife can read and. And that I've never seen like this close, this situation or never given, we have never given like that. So that was like so much fun. And <laughs> after that, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the person in the trolley who was, uh, there was same situation and he, we were going to sit there and he, he had a blood spot all over and then I was scared and he said, don't get, be scared, come sit, you know, I'm not, uh, and he, and then anyway, we gave him a book and then he didn't have anything, but he started uh, giving us a purse, like new purses that he found it from somewhere. He said, I can give it to you for you can put the books in or whatever. So I was thinking about your lighter uh, incident and thinking. <laughs> So anyway, then he he had, he took some money out and he got 10 cents. And I said, then he was looking for more. I said, no, no, 10 cents is enough. Uh, 10 cents are en is enough. So we gave him two books and uh, he said, I do everything in all these narcotics. This I said, if you read this book and you, you, are in, you are an intelligent person, but you can come up, you know, up and you can quit this by reading this book. So anyway, we gave... Uh, so many books and everything. So thank you for encouraging uh, and uh, all your mercy. So what we just heard there from Dhanavari and the quality of what she was saying, the quality of her voice is the essence of our community, a community that has this outreach going on all the time, uh, rises to this level of exhilaration, spiritual exhilaration of seeing uh, for him or herself, each person, how the material energy works 
and also there's a reinforcement on a daily basis of the power of the holy name, the need for distributing it, the efficacy of book distribution because it's a delivery device that people can't, it's really hard for them to let go of it. You know, once you get a book and you take it in your house, I don't know if you've had this experience, but you get a book and even if you don't want it, it's like, well, what am I going to do with it now? <laughs> Books don't go away. They're always there <laughs> 500 years later. It's like, still here. It's like, why don't you read it? Um, so what Danavari and her, uh, her mood, this is, this is the mood of the Sankirtan movement. And minus that, you get um, you know, a building full of people who are arguing about all kinds of stupid stuff about what works or, or you know that, that this is the difference between kanishta and madhyam Prabhupada says in the nectar of uh, in the uh, shirsha panishad that the kanishta adhikaris quarrel amongst themselves about who's doing it better than the other one and little details here and there and the other day uh divyanga prabhu wrote me and said uh, send me the praman for that so i did and then i looked up a bunch of other points Prabhupada makes a difference between Kanishtas and Madhyams. And there's so much, it's unlimited practically throughout his writings, how he talks about the importance of the devotees becoming Madhyama Adhikaris, means they're preoccupied with going out and giving Krishna consciousness to others. It's their main preoccupation. They, they organize their life around this principle. And that's where the traction is. And that's where the vibrancy is in a community. Otherwise, it, it no wonder it's a burden if you don't have that. So that's what drives our movement. And management only means managing the results of this outreach. There's no other reason for management. Otherwise, you're managing on a plateau and it becomes a great burden. And then one might think like, why am I even doing this? What's the purpose behind it? Uh, we had um, Divyangi has been, been uh, up there, uh, ready to go. And and Rukmini Devi, okay. Oh yes, okay, there's a lot coming in right now. So Divyangi, why don't you go ahead? Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Um, I really appreciated this point you were saying about it's uh, good to be ambitious and good to have, uh, you know, all these different qualities. We don't have to kind of resign from these qualities what we have if somebody is ambitious it doesn't mean that joining devotional service you just have to change something but what we have to change just um jerk towards and you give this example about you know about this game where it's like you know when we do different kind of activities and then it's like warmer or it's colder so how can we I really understand if we have interest in different things, uh, so-called worldly things. Uh, I mean, of course, everything is connected to devotional service. But then how do we really know, what's the indication of this, um, you know, whether we're warmer to Krishna or it's just something what uh, separates us more from Krishna, whatever we do. It really has to do with, with the, the, our, our intention of service. Because there are ways in which Krishna says, Kodashi Adashnashi as Johosi Dadasiyat, Yatapasyasi Kontiya, Tadkurashvabhmanarpadam. Okay, whatever you're doing now, whatever you're eating, doesn't matter. 
just give it to me, you know, offer it to me for some reason. There's a mixture there of people might have to, like I'll give an example, sometimes people are musicians and they always wanted to be a rock star. And so then they come to devotional service and they say, I'll be a rock star, but I'll become famous and then I'll offer it to Krishna. And then there's people like uh, who come and like Keshav Bardimarsh, he was uh, a, an excellent musician. He was he played the trumpet. He was um, he was in a band. He was also in, in a in an orchestra, and you know he was really good. And then you know he joined and he never played it again, because it's like where's the service for it? I could, he could have said like I'll just become a great trumpeter and then I'll offer that to Krishna. So the more we become oriented towards what's the best thing I can do for Krishna that he'll appreciate and align ourselves in service, then we'll never go wrong. And therefore, we, we listen carefully when we're reading the Bhagavad Gita. What does Krishna want me to do? And we listen carefully when we're uh, listening to our Guru Varga. What is it specifically that I can do that's of most service? You'll notice in 1975, when all the devotees were in Los Angeles and New Dorca, Prabhupada had come there to stimulate the production of books. He wanted it faster, especially he wanted the Chaitanya Charitamrita faster. He wanted them all in two months, which was impossible. And you'll, you'll look at that temple room. You can see Prabhupada on the Vyasasana, but notice his devotees. They're crammed in. They're hanging from the rafters, practically. And what are they doing? They're leaning their ear in to hear, what is my guru going to say that he wants the most? They're trying to listen to that. And as soon as it, it's just like reporters from the old days, when the news comes off the press, they're listening into the phones like, okay, take it to press. So the devotees are listening in. What is it that's to be done that's of most service to you? And they hear that and they're like, I'm doing it now. They run for it. And so when we become tuned to the order of Krishna through the Guru Parampara, and we try to take it up and organize around that principle, then we'll be properly aligned. Okay. Now, who's that? Rukmini Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much, Maharaj. Uh, oh, it is Rukmini. Okay. I couldn't see you from the small square. Go ahead. Yes. So I had, uh, so you may have partially answered my question, but I had, I had written this question down also on the YouTube chat. So I'll just, I'll just read the same question that I, uh, had written. How do we tell whether we are really trying to get or keep some opulence capacity or facility for bhakti or whether we are rationalizing some subtle desire to enjoy that opulence, it's, etc. ourselves. So is it really for bhakti or is it really for our, you know, you know, we're just rationalizing and actually it's for ourselves. We really have to get a higher taste. Vishaya vineha vartante nirahara sadehina rasavarjam rasopyasya param drishtva nivartate. Drishtva means to, to, to uh, you know, see, really. When you see something better and it, it, it's not an intellectual uh, winnowing out of this or that, although we can do that to some 
extent based on the scripture. Like, this is really bad for you. Don't do it. And it's like, okay, I'll consciously not do it. And this is the first part of the verse, which says, Vishay avinivartate, I'm still attached to all these things. Uh, uh, but the scripture says, don't do it. So I have faith in the scripture. I won't do it. But then param drishva navartate means once I get a higher taste. Remember, we were talking this morning in the Japa circle about absorption. And I actually like, wow, I like this much better than being distracted and tortured by looking at the material world and being disappointed yet again and being disappointed in myself for being attracted and so forth. But then when I actually get something for myself, param, it's supreme, drishtva, I see it. Then I see everything in relationship to that as being less important. And it comes naturally. It's bhakti parushanu bhava virakti ranyata traisha trika ekakala prapadya manasya yatasnata shus tushti pushti shuddha payonugasam. The way when I'm eating food and I'm getting satisfied, nourished, and my hunger's going away, and someone says, You want a little more? So I don't want any more. I always wonder how I know that. You want more? I don't want any more. How'd you know? <laughs> how do I know I don't want any more? Is because I just don't. And so Similarly, in bhakti, if we get the higher taste, when we get the higher taste through, the, through our japa, then there's a way in which it's just like natural. I'm, I see the difference between uh, the things that I'm attached to for my own good and the things that I'm, I'm attached to because I can use in Krishna's service. And that's why devotees are so happy. They're free. This is what means to be liberated, even in this life. Internally, I've already worked it out. I actually don't want anything. It's just like, yay, I'm happy, I'm free. I don't want anything for myself anymore. Krishna bhakti nishkam, no, Krishna bhakti, no, Krishna bhakti, tell me who's got it? Nishkam, taivashanta, Bukti mukti sidikami sakali ashanta. Everyone who wants something, even a little bit for him or herself, even if it seems kind of spiritual, means pseudo, then they're ashanta. But the devotee, Krishna bhakti, uh, nishkam, I don't want anything for myself. This is maturity. A taiva shanta, therefore is shanta. And so we could see it in ourselves. And that's when somebody turns the corner to nishta. They actually don't care for it anymore. And they can make the discrimination between what's in my interest and what isn't. That's vivek. And it's this real discrimination that comes into the heart when one has a higher taste that comes from association with those who already have it. And of course, one's own practice. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much. Anubhav. Thanks for such an important question. Radha Kripa Prabhu. I'm sorry. And then right after Radha Kripa Prabhu, we're going to look at the board. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Uh, I just wanted to share yesterday's in one profound statement, which I heard uh, in our, um, you know, the Thanksgiving, uh, you know, uh, festival, which we had yesterday. So Charles, we all know, you know, he's uh, uh, a new devotee from Bhakti community graduate, right? <laughs> so he was there yesterday. <clears throat> and he, um, when, Ma when Guru Maharaj, when you gave him some tips about how to distribute the books, you know, what is the purpose behind it? I was very fortunate to be there at that moment. And then he watched you uh, distribute the books. 
And when few people did not take the books, he made a, such a profound statement. He said, why these people are not taking the books? And I see the compassion in his eyes, in his talk. It just gives me like, wow. You know, and then he started trying and he just went on. So it's, you know, the, those statements about why people are not taking, he was so full of compassion in his heart. It just melted my heart by hearing his statement. So I just thought to share. It's really important that going out on book distribution is high sadhana. We get all our uh, realized perspective from going out. Not all. We get half of it there. One half comes from our own practice, and the other half, in fact, they go together. You can't have one without the other. They, they are synergized, and we get the full realization when we go out to distribute it. That's the strength, the bonding factor, like the kinds of epoxy glue. I, they still have it, I checked. In the old days, I always used to ask my father when he wanted to glue something, why do you have to have two tubes of glue? And I suppose super glue was the answer to that. But it was like, no, no, they have to go together. That mix it. Just put it in one. No, they're separate. And then you mix them. And so same way to have the bonding to Krishna in the process, you have to have outreach and also in reach. Okay, then we, we said we'd look at the board. Uh, this is from uh, Sudhir Madhava on Zoom chat. He's asking how not to waste time. Any practical tips? Yeah, I did have a couple practical tips. Well, um, one thing is that um, have your stuff with you, like this raggedy looking bag here and these gnarled up little cards go with me. And yesterday when I was on the train and there seemed to be an inconvenient point where I'm stuffed into the seat and my mask was on and I felt like I can barely move. I don't know what I want to do right now because I had this little bag of cards and I was able to reach in my bag and pull them out and look at it. Then I didn't waste any time. I could have done something else. I know I looked around the train. Everyone else was scrolling like this. <laughs> Drool coming down. <laughs> but I felt sharp because I had these verses. And once my mind caught on to them, then I felt like, okay, let the train ride go on. In fact, why don't I commute more often? <laughs> it's kind of safe in here. You know? It's like I couldn't get your call. And so if you prepare yourself ahead of time when you're in right consciousness, then when your wrong consciousness shows up, the right consciousness will come to meet it and say, no, no, remember, remember? You're actually a, a good person, a good devotee. You can do this. And then he's like, well, oh, yeah, you put these in the bag for me? Okay, I'll, I'll take a look at it. So we always have to stay ahead of ourselves. Our, that is our, you know, the, the bad self who wants to, you know, go off and uh, just howl at the moon. So if we prepare those things and, and organize around that principle always, when we're in good consciousness, make sure you get as much mileage as you can and prepare for when you know that you're going to be in this other kind of distracted consciousness. That, that's one tip that helps.
me. Okay. Anything else I have? Yes. I was uh, appreciating the point that you made about going from Kanishta Madhyam. And I was, myself and Lokaram Prabhu, we have reading calls every week and we discuss various topics. And this point came up about Kanishta and Madhyam. And he was, he quoted this nice sentence from the Srimad Bhagavatam first canto where Prabhupada says that those who are interested in attaining the absolute truth are so overwhelmed in the process of discovering the absolute truth that they have no time for sense gratification. So he was making that point in relationship to the bickering that can go on amongst Kanishtas. But someone who's making advancement, they're not interested in it. I'm trying to realize Krishna. Yeah. And your priority switches. And you realize, when, you, when, when an investor realizes uh, how important compounded interest is, then he or she becomes fanatical about it. They math up everything. It's like, oh, what's the difference? You know, I lose $5 a day on a cappuccino. No, no, add it up and see. Uh, decaf cappuccino. Um, you add it up, add it up, add it up over a year and see what you just spent, you know, walking around with this convenient little warm cup in your hand or something. And then compounded interest over 20 years and you're, it's significant. So the same way devotees develop this mentality, like everything counts. And also there's, there are uh, detrimental points too. Like in investing, there's ways in which you, you can, uh, there can be penalties or fines where you can lose huge chunks of, of your wealth. And therefore they're, they, good investors, are vigilant about that. And so similarly devotees know there are certain things definitely don't go there because it could wipe out a huge chunk of your progress in devotional service. It says in the Nectar of Devotion that if you offend very advanced devotees, if you offend any devotee, you're going to lose some of your spiritual asset, which means that you're not as interested in, in devotional service as you were before. And if you offend really advanced devotees, then in significant ways, don't freak out. I mean, it's not that you walk the wrong direction around them or something like that. It's, it's with intention. You participate in, in something intentionally that there's a, a complete loss of your taste in devotional service. So devotees, like investors, are always careful to preserve their asset, their main asset of devotional service, and to grow it as much as possible all the time, become spiritual billionaires. Yes, Prabhu. Thank you, Prabhu. I really like the example of the tiny screw. That analogy is very beautiful. I felt like the tiny screw. Uh, so many times I found many tiny screws lying around. They're so unique. Um, you don't want to throw them away, but at the same time, you don't know where to put them. <laughs> right. Uh, exactly. So I was just thinking about myself and how uh, different Siksha Gurus and Disha Gurus have looked at us, rusted, tiny screw like ourselves, uh, looked past the rustiness of us and saw some uniqueness and engaged us in devotional service. And I was uh, thinking in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission, all of us are screws, but at the same time we are screwdrivers also. We are also helping other screws get into their groove. 
Uh, so I was just appreciating that particular analogy. I never heard that, but very beautiful. Thank you, Mark. Nice, Prabhu. Thanks for extending it. Really nice. Okay, we we have one more on the board at the top. My, uh, huh? Oh, it's Tadiya Seva. Prabhu, go ahead. Maharaj, I was thinking about uh, the higher test you are talking about. Um, in my journey in Krishna consciousness, I have seen few devotees who have left the movement. And I was wondering why they left the movement. And I think I got the answer today. So unless and until one has higher taste or some kind of a taste to practice Krishna consciousness, gradually, gradually, they may deviate from the path of Krishna consciousness. Like, for example, I am attached to um, taking prasad and doing service in the kitchen. That is my taste. And every individual has got their own tastes. Unless if they don't have some taste, I think it is, uh, it, it is obvious that, uh, you know, they may lose interest in the path of devotional service. And I feel that um, it is very important to have some, some, you know, some taste in the process of bhakti and stick to it and go towards the ultimate goal of achieving uh, Krishna Prema or, you know, the target of bhakti. Sadhu, sadhu. Thank you very much. I would like to comment on that, if I might. In the first canto, fifth chapter, if someone would look it up, please. I can't remember how the verse starts, the Sanskrit. Uh, Narada is talking about uh, a wayward soul. What are the first words? Huh? I can't hear you. No, wayward. You know the wayward soul. Just grab the first canto, fifth chapter. Navajano jatu katanchanam brijen mukunda sevan yavaran gursam shritim smaran mukundang rupadukuhana or panar vihantumichen vihantumichen narasha grahojana rasa graha. So there's a way in which a person who falls down from devotional service, Narada says, even though misguided, such a person remembers his or her engagement in devotional service, the rasa that was there. And Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur comments on the verse and said, he's haunted by the ghost of rasa. So he goes out and tries again, because it's like, oh, maybe I'll give it another go. Maybe I had the, you know, a little more effort, or I had the wrong um, channel. I get a little more nuance. Maybe I'll try some other philosophy. And they keep remembering devotional service again and again. So I've seen a lot of people leave devotional service also. And I've also seen a lot of people come back. And the people you think are completely out, then can come completely back in. That's the beauty of the Tatasta Jiva. I'm out. It's like two years later, so I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. And then like, <laughs> don't count them out that they won't go out because like, I'm out now. It's like, hey, winner, I thought you were in. I was like, I'm a Tatasta. I can go wherever I want. But once one's had the experience, somewhere along the line, they've tasted this rasa of devotional service, as you pr brought up, some, then it haunts them again and again until they come back. 
if not in this life, in another life, they'll remember it's like, okay, enough of this garbage. You know, I want that taste again. Okay, so I had just a couple other points that I wrote down. May I? Okay. These are random. Uh, one is uh, be relentless to improve. Be relentless to improve. What's relentless? You could find out the nature of that word. Uh, next one is rise above the opinions of others. I noticed that uh, very progressive people, when you start, the, the higher you climb, the harder the wind blows. And to anybody in politics, business, anywhere, you, you start to climb higher. Everyone's going to say, hey, you can't do that. You're doing it wrong anyway. So rise above the opinions of others. Find your own um, a group that you trust. And then don't worry about it. Because when you try to do something big or small, but especially if you're moving ahead somehow in any sphere, people are going to find some fault with it because most people don't like others to move forward. So rise above the opinions of others. Relentless means? Can you just relent? I guess there's relent and relent less. Relent is from the late 14th century to melt, soften, and substance, dissolve. And it comes from Latin, slow, vicious, supple. And what about relentless? Relentless, incapable of relenting, unmoved by pity, unpitying, insensible you don't to melt the to the material nature. You melt to the holy name. <laughs> insensible to the distress of others. Relentless. Okay, Prabhu. Thank you. Research department. Appreciate. Showing no showing sorry. Showing or promising no abatement of severity, intensity, strength, or pace. Ooh, I like that one. Okay, so be relentless. Uh, uh, be relentless to improve devotional service. Rise above the opinion of others. Uh, keep this mantra going. I am responsible. No one cares as much as you do except Krishna for your own advancement. You got to take responsibility to advance yourself. No one's going to fly in. I mean, they might, but you still have to be responsible. Um, see your potential as Krishna and the pure devotees see it. You brought it up about the screw. You know, you see it the way the pure devotees see you. Uh, don't see yourselves like, oh, I can't do anything. And the 1% rule. Here's the 1% rule. You only have to be 1% better than your competition to win. Similarly, you only have to rise 1% above maya, your material desires, to be happy and free to enter the pure devotional service. Like 1% above. That doesn't make sense. One inch above. But the point is, by small increment, if you rise to a certain level, then you've got it. So don't get overwhelmed and think, like, I have to do everything. No, just get to that point. Oh, you got to use the mic, otherwise it doesn't count. No points. Is it similar to the concept of yeah. keeping your nose above the water? Yeah, a prophet one said to, to not drown, you don't have to be a mile above the water, just even one inch to not drown. 
So at least stay one inch, and it's not that far. I'll tell you a little story. There were two frogs, they were in the barn, and they were hopping around looking at all kinds of stuff, and then they both jumped into a big barrel, and it turned out there was liquid in it, and they started drowning. So side by side, these poor little frogs were swimming as hard as they could, and one of them concluded that it's useless. I'm never going to get out of here. So he gave up, and glunk, he went down into the bottom of the milk pail. And the other one said, I'm not giving up, I'm never giving up. He kept swimming and swimming and swimming. And then all of a sudden, when the dawn started to come and he was still kicking his little legs as much as he could, although he was tired, he felt that they were hitting on something and he was keeping above the milk level. And then he looked down and the whole pail of milk had turned to butter because he had churned it with his little frog legs. Don't give up. Uh, material desires present themselves as impossible to overcome, but your constitutional nature is above the modes. You were born to rise. The, the Vedas are all saying that. You're born of nectar. You're meant to return to nectar. You're sons of nectar. So don't buy this thing that it's impossible. And then uh, continuous learning. Subscribe to continuous learning. Who'd like to subscribe? Raise your hands. Okay. You can get a four-year degree, an eight-year degree, 10-year degree, or how about a 108-year degree? Start your progress early in the day. This one was given to me by a friend. He said, the world may be beyond my control, but it is not out of control. Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Um, desire for material things have taken shelter in my mind. Not a few, but thousands and thousands. New hope is aroused by the sound of the Maha Mantra. New hope. Whenever you feel hopeless, it's dark outside right now. I always feel like, ah, it's closing in on me. I don't like the dark. That's why you think of I think of, I used to always go to Hawaii around this time. Yeah, it's on the way to India. And uh, <laughs> you need sunlight. So there's a sense in the material world at any time, because it's so dark here, to feel hopeless. But when you hear the holy name, one thing you're going to get is a sense of hope. So if you feel hopeless, you can invest in indoor lighting. That might help a little bit. But do the Maha Mantra, because new hope is aroused by the sound of the Maha Mantra. Uh, by force, it enters the ear, heart, mind, and transforms one's life. And uh, last, although I have a few other pages, frustration is an indication of my incompatibility with material nature. So you can celebrate frustration as a doorway to liberation. Om Tat Sat. Thanks, everyone, for taking part in the Yagya yesterday. It was a, so fun that it's incalculable. You can't have any more fun than that, than setting up a yagya to go out and do damage to the material nature. Because it's, uh, it's, it is, uh, one feels indignant about it. Just the, the, the perpetration of materialism, consumerism, trashing of the planet for no good reason. 
uh, greed, material greed and so forth. And everyone wants to fight back. They come up with all kinds of movements to balance things out again. But we, on the other hand, although it's not as popular as other kinds of superficial cures, uh, go right to the heart of it, which is distribute knowledge. It's following in the footsteps of the great souls like Srila Bhaktisiddhanta, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, and Srila Prabhupada. And we just, we're covering the planet with these literatures. And in the meantime, we're giving out thousands of plates of prasadam and propagating the holy name. So this is the best kind of yagya. And now we're uh, just on the time when we're um, coming to the end of the year. And we can um, test out yet again our uh, resolve and our spirit of cooperation to work together towards achieving our goals. Goals are arbitrary, actually. We just made them up. But it's important to have them so that we can make something of ourselves to reach for them. Otherwise, we'll be distracted by other kinds of goals. So let's uh, lean into the last month that we have, month plus a few days, and uh, do our level best to do some major damage to the Kali Yuga and to um, please the previous Acharyas through massive distribution of books and uh, collection, liberation of Lakshmi that would have been spent for all kinds of nefarious activities, mainly cigarettes, nail polish, <laughs> alcohol, perfume, and all kinds of clothes that were manufactured in Bangladesh. Just look at the tag. And then people wear them one time and they go, ah, I didn't look as good as I thought. And then they throw it away and they get sent on a big boat, huge boats, back to Bangladesh and sold to people. It was $180 here and then it goes back for about a buck. So people wear what they have. In the meantime, the planet's getting wrecked. So we're not going to stand for it anymore. We're not taking this. We're going to uh, create a... Uh, positive effect on the whole planet by mass distribution of Krishna consciousness. Right? Yes. Om Tat Sat. Thank you very much everyone for joining.